Turn up both alone music up. Just plays, man. Oh me. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Wake up 502 is in the house. This year, co-host Haven Harrington. Man, excited about a beautiful, beautiful Saturday. Pre-derby week. Everything's about to go down. And, of course, I'm joined by the man, the myth legend himself. Your host of Wake Up 502, I give you Rashawn Quadruple A Myers. <laughs> What's going on with you, man? I I was wondering when you was gonna come in. I was just done, bumping to the to the Jay Z. I was like, where we at? I'm I'm not in the studio this morning. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm on location getting ready for all these great great things going down, man. Uh, how how y'all doing this morning? I know the, the Joe Kelly on the line with us also. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's up, fellas? Hey, what's up, Joe? How you doing, brother? Uh man, no complaints, no complaints. Thrilled with uh with the additions that Baltimore gave Lamar uh so far in the draft. How about you guys? Hey, hey, I tell you what, man, like the, there's so much happening. Like it just I I feel like I, I you know, I, I say this almost every year, but I feel like there's more going on right now than I can ever remember at this time of year. Like, you know, of course, you have the NBA playoffs going on. Um, we are dead middle 
uh, of Derby Madness, of course, you know, that, that two-week extravaganza that started last Saturday with Thunder over Louisville, and you have all that going on. But it seems like there is so much more going on and happening right now. The NFL draft is in full effect. As you talked about, Joe, uh, the Baltimore Ravens made some very interesting moves, and I, I want to talk about that, definitely want to get into that. Uh, you know, the big trade, Hollywood Brown. Uh, but uh, there's so much, uh, so much other stuff going on. University of Kentucky, uh, I don't know what's happening down there. I don't know if they need to sacrifice a chicken or, or uh, John Calipari needs to bite a head off a bat or something. But <laughs> everything is kind of going crazy there. Kenny Payne continues to make moves. We have a third assistant, the White Smoke, uh, came out from uh, – uh, you know, from, from, from uh, the, the Cardinal headquarters, and we finally know who the name of that third assistant is. Interestingly enough, we still do not have that director of operations announcement, which we've been anticipating and expecting for probably the last three weeks. Um, that has not happened yet. Uh, but, fellas, so much to get into. But, you know, I, I, I think about all the different things happening, and I think about what's probably the most interesting things to talk about. And, Joe, since you brought it up, I'm very interested to know what you guys think about, uh, you know, the whole move. Haven, I know that, that you are always big into the NFL draft. You, you know, you talked to me the other day and asked me if I was watching the draft, and I was like, well, you know, I, the, the, not really much caught my fancy because – you know, I, I think until, what, the third round yesterday, there was only the second quarterback that came off the, the board, the Louisville product, Des Ritter, Louisville St. X product. Um, Des Ritter finally came off the board in the third round, but there had only been one quarterback taken through the first couple of rounds of the draft. I think they, they said it was the longest that it had gone without the second quarterback being taken since, like, the mid-'90s, 97 or 94 or something. Uh, the the drunken uh, the, you remember Drunken Miller? Uh, I can't remember his first name. Jim Drunken Miller, I think, was his first name. Uh, yep. That played for the Forty ers I think that was like the last time that they had a, as terrible a quarterback draft as this one. Um, but Baltimore made the big hey, but, splash. And, and Haven, I, I, what? what did you think about a Hollywood Brown going to the Arizona Cardinals? Actually, I want to hear Joe's thoughts because that's that's what Joe started to show with. So I know Joe's like super excited. Oh well, I mean, I was absolutely good on good on NFL teams for learning their lesson after the. We've had a couple of years of of quarterbacks just getting 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 drafted a lot higher than they should because of the position they play, the most important position, you know. So so if you don't have one, you're looking for one. But don't sell yourself on wasting a top twenty pick on a guy that's not ready to play quarterback in the league if you don't think he's if you don't think he's ready. And that's what we saw yesterday. If y'all would have told me Kyle Hamilton, the six foot four, two hundred and twenty pound rangy safety, plays like a linebacker, just freak athlete, would fall to Baltimore at fourteen, I would have laughed at you. The guys that I had that I really wanted were Jordan Davis, Kyle Hamilton, and Nicobe Dean. Those were my three if I can get any, if Baltimore can add any of the three. And when the 12th pick came in and all three of those guys were still on the board, I was, I was sitting there saying, I'm not a smart man, but all three of them are on the board. And there's only one pick between now and Baltimore. We can get one of these guys. And then uh, 
Philly, who I think also had a tremendous draft. They got the big man out of Georgia at 13. Baltimore picked up uh, Hamilton at 14, traded Hollywood, was able to get the big, nasty center from Iowa. Anytime you add an offensive lineman or a tight end from Iowa, or if your offense has a fullback, I want him to come from corn country. You know what you're getting out of an offensive lineman or tight end from Iowa, right? Oh, yeah. Big, ugly, mean mauler. So we'll see what they do on uh, today's day three. It it wraps up. But Baltimore, really, man, they, they came out. Came out swinging. I, I wasn't upset at the trade with Hollywood. Hollywood's one of those guys. I think he's good, but if he's your number one option, you got problems. And I wouldn't pay that guy like a number one receiver. So I think they avoided a whole lot of lot of trouble down the road from from, from that potential scenario. Oh, I, I, yeah, I'm Joe, and that's kind of oh, go go ahead, Haven. Go no, ahead, Haven. No, no, shout I'll out to Kentucky, it. who's now a football school. They had what four kids in the second round? Yeah, something like that. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, there, I mean, there's no doubt in Kentucky had talent on football, so I have to give it to them there. But as far as the Ravens are concerned, man, the Ravens has got like, everything that's fell into their lap. Literally, no everything just fell into their lap. Like guys who were projected to be first round picks fell to the second round, and they were just right there to scoop them up. Uh, it, it was just crazy the amount of talent they were able to get in the later rounds of the draft. It, 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 it is just crazy how they built the roster up. It's insane to me because when, when Lamar got drafted to Baltimore, the one thing I said is even though Ozzie Newsom's retired, the one thing I – being I was always a Steelers fan before Lamar got drafted. And then I said, you know, rivalry be damned. I've never paid taxes in the city of Pittsburgh. So go Lamar and go Ravens. Uh, but the thing that was frustrating about not being a Ravens fan and playing in their division, it felt like the best defensive player in the country every damn year fell to them. And this Kyle Hamilton pick reminds me a lot of the year Terrell Suggs fell to eight or nine, and they were able to get him. And we know what T. Sizzle, you know, went on to do. I'm not saying that that's going to ha- that that'll be Kyle ha- Hamilton's destiny, but he is super nice, best safety prospect I can think of in years. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 no, I, I totally agree, and, and I think it's one of those things where the Ravens did a smart thing. Um, I love uh, the the guy that they took in the uh, the third round. Uh, what's his name? In jo- in Joku or in Jobu? No, that's the um, second man, round. Who was, yeah, it's the second round. Michigan player. Oh, Jabo. Yeah, in Jabo. Yes, thank you. Projected pick before he got hurt. Oh yeah, he was top yeah, fifteen so, so, so. of guys falling to. I mean, to get a guy like that who would have been probably a top ten, top twelve pick, um, to be able to snatch him up in the second round, and you don't need him. You know, of course, the Ravens need pass rush help, but with going with having um, the young man from uh, uh, Notre Dame last year have such a, a big uh, impact as a rookie, um, you know, while they still need pass rush help. I think that they're able to go ahead and basically sit on that young man for a year um, and let him get completely healthy uh, from the uh, the Achilles injury. Um, and then at that point, uh, you have maybe bookends, young bookends that, that, that can, you know, continue that 
history of the Ravens just being ridiculous on defense. And then you have Hamilton, who you can basically just slide in there, just like Ed Reed, uh, you know, from, what, 20 years ago. That You know, same thing, where you're able to kind of get that superstar. I mean, the, the, they have just had a solid, solid draft. And to be able to get some offensive lineman help finally – uh, for Lamar, hopefully, uh, Linderbaum is a guy who can uh, you can throw in there d- day one and kind of work around everything else. I know that they've been waiting two years for Ronnie Stanley to get on the field. Um, you know, after giving him all that money, that he's just not been able to stay healthy with basically two freak injuries, a broken ankle and a broken leg, um, two years back to back. But no, I, I think the Ravens had a great draft. Now it's just all about health. I mean, they just got to be healthy. You know, they got killed by COVID two years ago. Last year, ACLs everywhere. Um, you know, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, and all three of their starting running backs all went down with ACL injuries. So, I mean, you know, the, the biggest thing for the Ravens is to stay healthy. But I think they still got work to do, fellas, in the draft. They still need to get another outside receiver. We're trading Hollywood Brown. Joe, I agree with you. Hollywood wanted to be pay, paid like a number one. But at the end of the day, He's a five eight five seven slot receiver, you know, and he wants to get paid like a true number one, like a Julio Jones or, or A.J. Brown or something like that. But he's not that type of player, A, in terms of production, and B, in terms of just pure size. So I think they just saved themselves a lot of headaches and a lot of issues by going ahead, making that move now. Um, and I'd like to see, truthfully, a guy who's not really been talked about and really slid because his expectations never met the production on the field is Clemson wide receiver Justin Ross. Um, he's a big target, yeah. six four, um, very athletic. Um, I would love to see the Ravens be able to snatch him away. They have, let's see, one, two, ooh, my goodness, they have one, two, three, four, five, six fourth round picks. Um, so they're going to be very, very busy um, at noon today in the draft. I would love to see them take probably two wide receivers. They talked about this being a very deep, talented wide receiver draft. I think if they can, you know, make a couple moves, get a couple wide receivers in there to go along with Rashad Bateman, who they brought in last year, they're pretty good at the slot already. I think that's one of the reasons they were okay with moving Hollywood is, um, you know, because you have Devin DuVernay, um, you have uh, Prochet, the other uh, small kind of, uh, scat back type receiver. They have those two small guys. Now they just need to get some size and athleticism to go along with Bateman on the outside, and I think the Ravens will be cooking. Trade all those fourth-round picks and a second-round pick in next year's draft and go get D.K. Metcalf. Boom. Do it, you coward. I would love to see it. <laughs> tell, I would love tell to see DK, it. Tell D.K., look, man, look, the only thing you've yet to do is show the NFL that freak body of yours loves to block downfield. Come play with Lamar. Look, we're not going to throw the ball to you as much as maybe they did in Seattle. But when we throw the ball, it's coming to you. It's the Calvin Johnson to Georgia Tech recruiting pitch. Well, there you go. There you go. No, I, I totally agree with you. Haven, was there, was there any, any other teams that you thought did a really good job? You know, your Cowboys, they didn't really have – and, Much of anything going on because okay, they continue okay, to trade okay. all their picks away. Well, I'm I'm gonna stop you right there. I'm gonna <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop right there. Like I'm a Cowboys fan, but un, until they win a playoff game, whatever. I don't care what the Cowboys do until they win a playoff game. I'm not gonna pay attention to them. It is is what it is. Wow. I mean, it is what it is. Like every year, then like, oh wow, the Cowboys are killing the in the off season. Look at all these trades. 
Look at our draft picks. Yay. And then the season starts. Number one offense. The unstoppable. And then like three weeks to the playoff games, like something happens. This offense always slows down. The wheels come off the bus. And then the first playoff game, you wind up losing to a team that you had no business losing to. It happens like every year. Every year. Yeah. So yeah. Um, until you actually win a playoff game, actually prove something. No, I'm, I'm not. I will not pay attention to Cowboys for real. I would be. I'm gonna watch everybody else. <laughs> and what do you guys think about where? Where is Baker Mayfield eventually going to end up? The USFL. And will, maybe. And, and <laughs> this, did you hear? Did you guys hear the reports that came out right before uh, Carolina put in their pick in the second round? Carolina. I don't know if no. you caught it, but there was there was the funniest quote that. Carolina and Baker Mayfield express mutual disinterest. <laughs> that's, that's just one of the most ridiculous headlines I've ever heard about a guy who's trying to play in the league. Um, but they they were working on a deal, and they they his contract is so big. It's it's kind of what we were talking about last week, you know, with Rudy Gobert. How do you move him? And at the last minute, they could not come to terms with how to divvy up the eight. Million bakers do this year. You know, it's it's just crazy because he's not a bad quarterback per se, but his reputation has taken such a hit this offseason. Like, you would have thought Baker Mayfield would have been picked up by somebody because there's so many teams needing a quarterback and his draft was so quarterback light. You thought, yeah. he, you thought that he would have found a place anywhere because he has experience. He's, he's not that bad of a quarterback. Uh, you know, he could at least buy you a couple of seasons. But with, you know, $18 million a year, like, nobody's trying to pay him that kind of money to sit for, like, two years while right. they find, like, their, their next dude. So he's literally in a rock and a hard place. No, it's it's yeah interesting. Because, yeah, to your point, there, this was not a quarterback-rich draft. So if you're a quarterback looking to get moved, you you would think this would be, you know, the best the best offseason to do that, right? You would think. Well, not necessarily because as we've talked about before, one of the new new plays. If you have a young quarterback, that's your window because the most important position on the field you're paying dirt cheap. So, you know, the whole appeal to drafting the young quarterback and saying we're going to build a great team around him, like we've seen some teams do and be successful, a la Patrick Holmes. Lamar Jackson, you know, the list goes on. Herbert over in L.A., you don't have the same appeal that you – you know what I'm saying? If Baker's taking up $18 million, then why wouldn't you take a flyer on a, 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 one of the guys in this draft in the third round? It's going to be a lot cheaper, and you have no idea what their upside is. Teams seem pretty sold on Baker on what Baker Mayfield is. They do. I don't know that I agree with that. But that seems to be the impression. And the other thing that I wonder about, guys, he people people get you know they give him a bad rep, but he was hurt a lot last season. There was the shoulder injury that apparently was lingering all year. I'll just cut to the chase on this. We saw what the Carolina Panthers did to Cam Newton's body, right? Cam Newton's body broke down on him because his training staff failed him repeatedly for multiple seasons. Who, which of you, whom amongst us is inspired or confident in 
anything organizationally speaking from the Cleveland damn Browns. So I wonder if teams in the yeah. league are looking at Baker and saying, man, the Browns going Browns and they ruined that kid's throwing arm. They probably have. And that's, that's probably what they're thinking too. Is you know, watching film, knowing that the zip isn't there anymore. He's not throwing it quite as deep anymore. He's always running around. He's taking a lot of hits. He's getting beat up quite a bit. And he kind of wonder. It kind of makes you wonder, like, is this going to be Joe Burrow's future if the Bengals can't find a way to protect him? And 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 and, and injuries start to accumulate. I mean, he's already you know he's already torn ACL already, so you know he's already had one major injury. This sideline for most of a year, so it's like there's one major injury. He's only been in the league in about two three years. Yep, I mean that's fair, but I I I I think there's an expectation with Baker Mayfield because he was the number one overall pick in his draft that I, I think that we know he's not a prolific passer, and the Browns tried to give him you know all of the the wide receiver talent they could you know they, they brought out brought over Odell Beckham, and Baker really wasn't built to be that type of guy um, and to be that type of player, but I think that for himself. Joe, you kind of talked about it. You know, the, the, the people don't trust the Browns to get things done, and I think that Baker looks at it that way as well. But, I mean, I think he had so many issues with passing the ball with as much talent as he had offensively. He should have been able to thrive um, in, you know, with, with all that. I mean, he had great running backs. He had great wide receiver talent. Um, and he wasn't really able to do anything with it when he was healthy. Now, he, you know, he was banged up. He had a lot of injuries. But I think Baker himself – maybe in a situation where he only wants to go somewhere where they're going to let him throw the ball, you know, 35, 40 times. And I don't know if teams necessarily trust that he's going to be able to do it. Uh, so, you know, I mean, it's, it's a tough situation because I don't know how much of it is the Browns, how much of it's Baker, how much it's ba- what Baker wants, and then what teams believe he can do. Um, but I don't know. It's a tough call, and I, I just don't know. You would think somebody would take a flyer on him, but it's a tough situation. Bro, the Seattle Seahawks are willing to start the season with Drew Luck at quarterback. That's how that's how low the stock on Baker Mayfield is right now. <laughs> that's fair. Drew, Drew Luck. <laughs> that is fair. Drew, but I, I mean, hey, I, I will tell you all what you t- and you talked about him, Nicobe Dean, um, a guy who uh, was expected to be a, an elite draft pick, drops to the third round. But how about the Philadelphia Eagles? They end up with both of the Georgia superstars. They get Georgia, Jordan Davis, the uh, the big, what, 6'6", 400-pound D-tackle in the we first round. The Kobe Dean drops we to don't them know in the third round. Dude, it's not fair. And, and let's not forget they got the stud wide receiver from Alabama with the, what, 10th pick? 13th pick? Yes, they yes. Also, I mean, they, they added, the Eagles, they added, Eagles had they a great draft. Oh man, his his yards per reception numbers are ridiculous. They got a nice downfield threat if uh, Jalen Hurts can get him the ball. And, and I mean, that's going to be the I, question. I, that's the question. I mean, you know, that, that that's the question. What are they going to do with it? But they definitely have a ton of talent. Um, you know, that they, they actually made the trade. They they didn't draft the, the wide receiver. They got the trade. They got AJ Brown. Uh, you know, they, they got the, the via the trade with the um, the Titans, um, and they picked up uh, it was a center actually from Nebraska. They got in the second round, so they end up with Davis. They end up with 
Cameron Jurgens, the center from Nebraska, Nicobe Dean, the do everything linebacker from Georgia as well. So I mean, the Eagles are front and center. The Eagles needed defensive line and second uh, uh, second level help defensively. They got two of the best, or if not the two best players at those specific positions uh, in the draft. Um, so with adding AJ Brown, um, you know Jalen Hurts ain't got no excuses. They, they, they've given him everything that they need. I've never been a big Jalen Hurts guy. I felt like he was more a product of Alabama's talent around him. I thought he was a product of the system in Oklahoma. Uh, he's done okay uh, with the Eagles, but they've given him everything because they believe in him. So now we, it's time for me to see the Eagles do something. I know they barely snuck into the uh, very end of, of the uh, considerations for the playoffs, but I, I need to see the Eagles step up and, you know, how about beat the Cowboys? How about – win the NFC East, finally knock off the terrible Cowboys. I'm so tired of looking at stupid star and everybody getting hyped and then the Cowboys losing. Just please put them out of their misery. <laughs> but we're going to go ahead, fellas, get this first break in. I know we've been running our mouths for about 30 minutes now. You are listening to Wake Up 502. Rashad Myers, Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly. We'll be right back on Big X Sports Radio. Welcome back to Wake Up 502. <laughs> this is your host, Haven Harrington. Bring you an oldie but a goodie this time coming off break. That's my mind. One shall stand and one shall fall. Why throw away your life so recklessly? <laughs> Got me ready to go go strap up against some Decepticons at 930 on a Saturday morning. That's right, baby. <laughs> wow! For anyone that's hilarious. new to listening, when it's summertime and we have nothing else to talk about, we will always fall back on the Transformers movie and Highlander. Go eighties, <laughs> go! There you go, classic movie, classic. Gets no better than this, Elvis. Gets no better, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> that movie, well, that movie fellas, is, man, we got so much happening right now. I, I feel like, first of all, you know what, even though he plays for the team down the road, I guess I need to give a shout out uh, to, to Wondell Robinson, uh, Louisville product, uh, went uh, tra- transferred from Nebraska to Kentucky last year, of course, had pretty much an All-American season for UK. He did get drafted yesterday by the Giants. So, uh, you know, I, I, I will give him his shout out and say congratulations to Wondell getting drafted. Louisville um, has not had anyone drafted as of yet. It's not expected uh, for them to have a draft uh, or hear a Cardinals uh, selected uh, during the draft, um, but there's going to be some opportunities for uh, them to be picked up as an undrafted free agent. Uh, C.J. Avery um, is going to have an opportunity, um, as well as the uh, big safety transfer from Georgia Southern, whose name escapes me at the moment. Um, 
Uh, the, so, you know, there, there's going to be a couple Cardinals that are going to have a chance. But uh, shout out to Wondell uh, for, um, A, leaving Kentucky so I don't have to sit there and watch him torch Louisville's secondary again. Um, <laughs> but congratulations on getting uh, getting drafted. Hopefully you can make the Cowboys look bad. If you do that, I'll be happy. Hey, and, and shout out to him because so, that's, uh, that's my hometown, Frankfurt's finest right there, Wondell. And I was out in public in his hometown when he got drafted. Whole damn city yes. celebrating, man. They're they're so proud of him. He 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 does so much locally for his community. He and his father both, and his uncles. Uh, they do a lot of really good stuff. So, first kid from Frankfort, Kentucky, drafted in any pro sport other than baseball, to my knowledge. He made it out, guys. That's he huge. Made it out. That's beyond huge. That's because, huge. That's because, huge. Like he he's the reason Kentucky beat Iowa. Because he mm-hmm. was, he literally just took over the game and was unstoppable. unstoppable. And that's what got him drafted in the second round was that, that fourth quarter. Oh. That fourth quarter was yeah. just the Wandale show. It was. I mean, he, he, he literally just took the game over. It's like, we're not losing. We nah, are not he losing. Blacked out and, and he blacked out and turned into 5'8 Reggie Bush. I mean, you know, I, w- Wondell's definitely a talent. Um, he's a guy who, um, you know, they, they let get out of the state. Um, and for whatever reason, any wide receiver that wants to go play for Nebraska or Iowa or uh, uh, Wisconsin, I will never understand for the love of me. <laughs> because all they want to do is run the ball in those, at those programs. But Wondell decided to go there, then figured it out. Came back to Kentucky, who's another – you know, notoriously known running team, but they, they definitely uh, took advantage of him and, and actually threw the ball, and, and Wondell was able to come down and do his thing. So congrats uh, to him on that. Yeah. Now, while Kentucky football is having a great amount of success, Team Turmoil, a.k.a. the University of Kentucky men's basketball team, uh, fellas, it was all sunshines, kittens, and rainbows. Uh, a few, couple weeks ago when Oscar Sheebway announced that God told him that he was not done in UK. God said, you know what, Oscar, you need to come back to UK, or at least that's what Oscar says. I feel like the uh, reported $2 million NIL deal probably had a little bit more than, to do with than, uh, a burning bush uh, appearing before Oscar and telling him to come back to UK. I feel it had more to do with NIL, but I digress. I will let Oscar have that if he says, the Lord came to him and talked to him. That's fine. He did. Uh, the, but, the Lord came down and talked to him in the form of Lincoln. Exactly. Exactly, man. <laughs> Lincoln Rashawn, Jackson's. Who, yes, don't put question marks where the Lord is placed, period. And he takes very many points. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> but since, since know, the burning the, bush when told Oscar to come back. When the Lord a $2 million bag on you, if a $2 million bag gets dropped on you, Rashawn, I had – Firmly expect you to give all proper praises and dues to the Lord, Allah, Jehovah. <laughs> Cover all the bases, man, just to make sure that check clears. <laughs> Fair, yeah, absolutely. Like the Lord at least gave him enough common sense to say, you know what? You may be an iffy NBA prospect, so if you can get two million dollars from Kentucky to play college basketball, Do it. son, you better take that. So, yeah, <laughs> do, do that, son. You um, take that, but cold since. Money. Oh yeah, you better believe it, please. Are you kidding me? I don't I don't blame him in the least. You know, shoot, two million dollars. Oscar Sheboy was not gonna make that 
with the NBA next year? Nope. Like not even close. Which, yeah, I think it's kind of awesome, man, because it's it it. It, it it solves a couple of, cri- of problems that we've talked about before, man. It gets college kids paid. It keeps really good college players in college. You, you know, I it mean, does. I mean, I, I think it's huge, NIL, even though Dick Vitale called him out on guys. it, though. Well, Dick Vitale needs to sit down and have a pudding pop. Grandpa's, I mean, I love I love Vitale. I really do. I'm one of the rare people that he doesn't, I'm not annoyed by him. I actually, I wish I loved anything in this world like Dick Vitale loves college basketball. I'm envious of his passion for, for something like that. I, I think it's it's great, and he's a great ambassador. I also think he's starting to go a little Lou Holtz on us. And man, maybe it's time to get Grandpa off the mic because his Twitter account is reckless, man. It's just, <laughs> It's just an old man randomly typing in all caps about cheating and, and – to, to, the sad thing to me about it is that it looks like it's either willful ignorance or Dick Vitale is just absolutely dumb and the only human being that, that thought college athletics was still clean and everything was done above the table, you know? Well, it's, it's funny because, first of all, guys with reputation in Dick Vitale's tweet, he, he calls out UK, he tags UK in the tweet and says, this is legalized cheating. First of all, how, what in the hell is legalized cheating? Like, either it's legal right. or it's not legal. So if it's legal, it's legal, and that means it's literally, by definition, not cheating. Like, I, just, I, I, don't, I don't understand that. <laughs> you know, he's just holding on My to initial- that bygone era of this is true amateur sports and amateur athletics, and they should go mm-hmm. to the school because they love the school and they're playing for the love of the game and not for the money. Now, oh, granted, gosh. even though these yeah. schools are making hundreds of millions of dollars a year, don't – just don't worry about that part. Let's just play for the love of the school. You know what, fellas? It's very interesting because if you go back and you all watch Blue Chips, uh, you know, the movie with Shaquille <laughs> O'Neal and Nick Nolte, um, the idea and, and the away. feeling that that – Come on, man, Penny. No. Penny got busted for hey, doing it, what he did in the movie. <laughs> it's right. <laughs> absolutely. That's funny. Uh, but, no, but like, is, seriously, like, if you go back – I remember when I watched that movie I, when I was a kid, I was like, man, this is crazy. These players getting, you know, wanting money and asking for all this stuff. How shame on them. But now as I watch it as an adult in this era of NIL, it literally takes a completely different meaning. And it makes Nick Nolte look like the bad guy who's trying to keep all the money or the out-of-touch guy and that the players are right and happy is the good guy. It's crazy. Like, go back and watch it. That's, I challenge anybody to go back and watch it and tell me if you don't agree with Happy and everything he says in that movie. That's a, You know what? That's a great point. Um, I don't know if y'all saw my reaction to Dick Vitale, but it was just – I'm reading it, and when he says that it's organized cheating, guys, without getting political, I'll just – all I can say when people uh, – when, when certain older folks of a certain generation get to complaining about the NIL – like, whoa, 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 y'all. You've been telling me my whole life that capitalism is the only way and let the market decide and value is whatever the market dictates. What happened to that? Dick Vitale, welcome to the resistance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's like Isaiah Wong, people got upset because Isaiah Wong threatened to leave Miami because the NIL deal that was given uh, to Nigel Pack 
the transfer from Kansas State, they made this brown, this grand announcement that Nigel Pack signed a two-year, $800,000 deal um, with the Life Wallet uh, to come to Miami and play for them. And Isaiah Wong's like, hold up. I literally just <laughs> led this team to an Elite Eight performance. I'm making $100,000 a year. This guy's got a $400,000 per year contract that he just signed, and he ain't done a damn thing, and Kansas State really wasn't that good. So if I don't get a better NIL deal, then I'm going to bounce, and I'm going to walk. And you know what? I'm okay with their fellas because this is, this is literally guys getting paid for what they do, and they have a right to voice that. Don't you agree with that? I mean, look. Absolutely. If you went to speed school, wrote this tremendous program, let's say the, the, like the next great operating system, and you could sell it for $100 million, would anybody be like, hey, dude, look, you need your degree first before you need to go out there and sell this to anybody. So pump your brakes. Pump your brakes, little nerdy guy. You got two more years to go. Then he can sell. No. They'd be like, dude, yay, cash in. Yay. They'd be, everybody be excited for him. What's the difference? The other thing that I'm glad that's getting some national run and you're seeing, you know, main outlets let their personality speak on this. Guys, when you break it down, I mean, just in terms of, of work conditions and, and, and labor and, and what being an athlete is, drafts are the most un-American concept you can come up with as far as, it, it, the you know, the open market and all that. Because any other walk of life, if you graduate first, if you're the best student in med school or in law school, you go to a top-notch law firm. You don't have to go slum it up with an ambulance-chasing firm. You know, you don't get punished for being the best in your class to go help even the market out. You know what I mean? Like you do in sports. It's ridiculous. I, I wish they'd do away with the drafts, honestly, and, and make it a capped free agency. Just add them into free agency. Hmm. That would be interesting. There's no need. That would be interesting. There is no need to see more of the greatest players. Like, guys, we are fortunate that Lamar got drafted to Baltimore, a good sound organization because most years if you go by conventional wisdom our man should be a jaguar or a lion right now and that would be awful stop rewarding yeah i mean for, I, being, for cleveland i, I think that I, I i agree i agree with you to a point but i think that for competitive balance especially professional sports i think that if you um did not have that type of draft system it would really like you pretty much just have you know the 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 the, the haves the the Lakers the Cowboys name your team. I just feel like you would just be really um, asking for a, uh, you would get rid of parity. So you know I'm definitely a, a I, fan of that. I, I agree with you in principle that you should be able to just jump to the market, but I, I think that that would cause a lot of issues and, it's, and especially in terms of fans. I mean, hell, look at the Cincinnati Reds and what's going on with them where their owner pretty much just told them, look, I know we suck. I'm not going to add any payroll, and you all are going to deal with it because you don't have anything else. I feel like that would be on steroids <laughs> if you didn't have a draft right, system. But, but, so I, I am definitely down with the more. competitive balance. I think that that's huge. I do want to let everybody know, um, I know that normally we would be reading uh, you, you guys' thoughts on the uh, Thornton's text line. Um, I am not in the studio today, um, so if you guys do want to shout us out, 
or give uh, talk about anything, uh, hit us up uh, on the Twitterverse um, at Rashawn R A A S H A A N at M E Sports, um, as well as at That Boys Good uh, is our Twitter handles, as well as you can reach out to us on our uh, Facebook fan page as well um, and, and get any of your questions in. I did want to let you guys know that. So if you want to chat about anything that's going on, please uh, you know let us know there and we can shout you out. Um, but I, I do think that there, there would definitely be value in maybe, especially in the NFL, having the players have more control over what happens to them. I mean, with the way they have it set up with the franchise tagging uh, and you know the, the teams being able to basically cut guys and not have to pay them, um, they definitely don't have nearly as much power in the NFL as they do in uh, the NBA or the MLB. I think there are some adjustments that can be made, but unfortunately when you have these billionaires that own all these teams, uh, they want to keep as much power as they can. So uh, unfortunately I don't think it's going to be changing anytime soon. I don't think it'll change anytime soon, but to, to your point about you think it'll be has and have not, brace yourselves, fellas, because I think we're entering a new era of the NFL because the NFL is what? Everybody says this. It's a copycat league. And I think the new the new trend is going to be you're either a contender or you're rebuilding, period. And if you believe that your team is a contender, you go ahead and you do what the L.A. Rams did. You trade all of your picks. You don't give a damn about those picks. You are playing for right now. You're looking at the window you have with the quarterback and the roster assembled, and you package up first-round picks and you trade them for Von Miller. You trade, you know, you, you, I don't think the Rams have a first round pick until 2025. That's correct. It's your Super Bowl champion team. But hey, you know, it worked because you traded all their picks. They got Matthew there Stafford, were, they got Von Miller, they bought themselves a Super Bowl, and it worked. This was the first time in, in NFL history, I, I forget how many teams just didn't draft in the first round. But I mean, the, the first round was basically. Okay, who's going to play for the Jets, the Lions, and the Eagles? Because they have all the first round picks. Then Baltimore <laughs> trading in, you know, trading Hollywood and getting that getting an additional first rounder. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I I don't know. I, I it'll be interesting to see to me to see how many teams try that, and if it blows up in a lot of franchises' faces. Winning a Super Bowl is hard, hard business. It's going to blow up in a whole lot of teams' faces because, I mean, you, you could tell I me mean, that, you know, you, trying to get that kind of talent together, having the right coach that could take advantage of the talent you bring in is, and having them stay healthy, man, you know, like juggling all that is, is so hard. You know, it's, you know it's, it's not like the NBA where you can put together a super team and pretty much, do, regardless of who the coach is, you can still pretty much guarantee yourself at least a deep playoff run. Unless one of those guys is Kyrie Irving, and uh, the coach is Steve Nash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to talk about Brooklyn because that's just a disaster. That's that's. Oh my gosh, the, 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 that's beyond a disaster, and this may have tarnished Kevin Durant's like legacy, like like really tarnishes his legacy going forward as like as a guy who always wanted to be that the dude who always who know who always wanted to be considered the man. To have this kind of happen, it's just. I mean, I don't can't put that on Kevin Durant. Hell, he was there all year. He was the only one that was out there playing. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, things with, you can't you can't put that on Kevin Durant, but he was still like that's still his team. Like, like I like, mean, but his team wasn't there. His team didn't play. 
play. Kyrie missed half the season, and then once he actually started playing, he only played in half of the game. And Ben Simmons didn't play at all after basically being uh, telling everybody that his mental state made his back hurt. Well, no, but the, but think but as the leader of your team, man, it's your job to get out there out and convince them, like Ben, what's up? No, you're going to play. It's like Jordan. Like if, if Jordan's on that team, there's no way Ben would not have played because Ben would have got beat up in the I locker mean, room. I was about to this, say, this, we yeah, but this, this ain't the nineties, hey. Like it's it's a whole. This, these millennials is different, man. They 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 feel like they should get bit. Ben Simmons is suing to get paid his full thirty six million dollars salary for doing nothing this year. Hey, man, I seriously, I I groaned just like we were talking about Dick Vitale earlier, and I groaned when when older players because it, it smacks of jealousy, flat out. When you hear a lot of the older guys just dogging the, the, the current players for how much money they make. I don't understand that concept, and I give you two full permission to haul back baby powder on the palms and slap me if ever in the course of the years I become an I become one of those angry people that looks at the world and says, I don't think it should get any better for anybody because it was hard for me. I don't like that stuff, man. But I will make exception to one case. And that is Ben Simmons, man. If you're Bill Russell, Kareem, Will, you got to be sitting there going, he made more than us combined. What is this guy doing? I'd be. Yeah, no, I mean, but, the Hall of Fame. but you got to play, right? Though, so I like, would, would you guys be upset if, if both the Philadelphia 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets tr- tried to take back a percentage of his contract for this past year no. or withheld it? Like, would you be mad at that? No. He, he didn't earn it. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't be mad that they tried. But, again, I'm not going to sit here and, and say I'm pro player and I'm pro le- – hey, look, man, um, if he'd gone out there and averaged 40 points a night, had record-setting numbers, and they don't make the playoffs, y'all still going to complain about Ben. Somebody's still going to have something to say about it. Well, but he couldn't get the team to the playoffs. He couldn't win the big one. I mean, if he'd been healthy – no, nah, the contracts are contracts. Uh, Brooklyn knew what they, that's the other thing too, guys. Like Brooklyn knew what they were trading for. They knew what they were doing. There's no sympathy for me in any trade that involves James Harden and Ben Simmons. Like, man, we're just which franchise can, can out knucklehead the other one? <laughs> Let's get development. No, I, 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 oh, I, this, like this trade is brought to you by Shaq's and a fool. no I I agree with that Joe and I think that you know Kevin Durant definitely did put his trust in the two least trustworthy people in all the NBA (laughs) and Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons you put your trust in an anti-vaxxing flat earther that's on you bro (laughs) that's the only thing that's gonna hurt his legacy in my eyes don't take investment advice from Kevin Durant (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, it, but it is what it is. Like I said, you know, I, this was like Katie's super team, and it just, it just fell apart. It literally just fell apart. Yeah. KD, KD gets hurt, so he misses like the optimal time to play, and then COVID hits, and then Kyrie refused to get vaccinated, and Ben just Ben refused to play. He sat there and refused to play for no reason. The James Harden stuff was ridiculous. Do y'all not remember the the? team captains when, when LeBron and KD were drafting for the All-Star game? Now nobody wants – so he drafted Rudy Gobert over James Harden? 
at the last pick, yeah. the, the the last pick for them, Rudy Gobert and and James Harden are both on the board, and Kevin Durant, man, he's a troll god. The dude just does this like, well, Team LeBron's got a lot of height, so I need some defense, man. I'm, I think I'm gonna have to go with Rudy on this one, and LeBron just busts <laughs> out laughing. Like, you know, it's one of those awkward moments in sports. He just busts out laughing. Says, "Well, you know, I guess we're gonna take James." But that it's been a circus in Brooklyn all year that I feel like the Kyrie stuff and the vaccination and, and only being eligible for half the games, that overshadowed James Harden still out here sponsoring single moms of America at the strip club in, in, a, in a different city and wearing <laughs> fat suits and, and warm-ups to make, make the team. I mean, he's, it's as dysfunctional as it, as it can be. And then you got Kyrie. It's absolutely ridiculous. Thing. No, it's ridiculous. Was Ben Simmons. And, I mean, I I just feel like the NBA, like, I I don't know what, I don't know what the, like, like, I know I said that, you know, the NFL guys need more power like the the players in the NBA do. But now I feel like the NBA players' power has almost gotten so big. Like, they have so much of a say. And, you know, LeBron's basically the GM of the Lakers, the fact Who's going to be there? Who's not going to be there? It sounds like they're going to hire Darvin Ham as the new coach of the Lakers just because that's who LeBron likes. Um, you know, I, I, I am. I don't know how you can't necessarily put the genie back in the bottle, but like I agree with you. Like the players' antics, Kyrie's antics, Harden's antics—they're overshadowing the actual game. And on top of that, if you're the uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. If I'm out there playing for my life against the Phoenix Suns and I have guys like Herb Jones coming out there making amazing plays, all these rookies playing so well for the um, Pelicans, Zion Williamson's not played all year long, but then I have to keep watching video of you, video of you doing between-the-legs dunks and, and 360s in practice, but you ain't getting your ass out there and giving me 10 minutes on the court. Like, that would piss me off. And, and I mean, the, the Nets had to deal with it with Ben Simmons. Zion Williamson, uh, after making all his big pronouncements of, I don't like the talent that you're putting around me, so I may want to leave New Orleans. And then you sit your ass on the bench all year long. Like, I feel like the player's power is going haywire in the NBA right now. It is. Like, just, but, just sit down. Please. But let's be honest, man. Like, okay, y'all are wrestling fans, right? Yes, sir. How can you be a How can you be a wrestling fan and not love? This is the most entertaining professional league we've ever seen because of that. It's a, there's always a headline <laughs> in the NBA that has nothing to do with actual basketball. So the NBA yeah. is doing a great job of delivering all sides of, of the sports market. You know, they're they're giving you the actual athletic uh, performance. It's the greatest collection of athletes on earth. I'm convinced of that. And you get non-basketball related side drama. Oh yes, give, I love this game. <laughs> well said. I, you know what? I, I, I'll agree with you. And and on top of it, you probably had one of the greatest regular seasons of the last twenty to twenty-five years, and the playoffs have been simply outstanding. Uh, you know that that closeout game 
with Memphis going on the road and beating the Minnesota Timberwolves last night was absolutely outstanding. Mm-hmm. John Morant um, is out here making all-time posters, uh, putting his team on his back, winning in the fourth quarter uh, against a very, very good in game Timberwolves team. Uh, the NBA has been none short of outstanding. I know we kind of diverged into that conversation, Haven, uh, with you talking about the Nets, and I appreciate it. And you know what, fellas? <laughs> We're already an hour in. We got one more hour to go. You are listening to Wake Up 502 with Rashawn Myers, Haven Harris, and Joe Kelly. Hey, we'll be back on Big X Sports Radio, WXBW. Let your constantly be free and get down to the sounds of your PMG. But you should keep quiet while the MC rap. But if you're tired, then go take a nap. Take a nap. Stay awake and watch the show I take. Because right now, I'm about to shake and bend. The E-I-C-K is my name, my spell. Thanks to the clientele, yo, I rock well. I'm not an MC who talking all that junk about who can be who. Sound like a pump. I just get down and I go for mine. Say check one, two, and run down the line. To the average MC. I'm known as the Terminator, the Terminator, the maker, new Jack Sermony, destroying employee. When your rhymes are not void, never sweating your girl, YP, she's a schizoid. When I'm on the scene, I always rock the spot. I grab the steel with the crown on top in the beginning. I like to let my rhymes flow, and at 12, I press cruise control. Sit back and relax, let my rhymes tax, maintain them seas while the double max. Always calm under pressure, no need to act ill. And welcome back to Wake Up 502. See co host Haven Harrington. In studio with me and Douglas holding it down. Me and Douglas playing a little DJ there. Hope, hope you enjoy the musical selections. We got Rashawn Myers on the line calling in from Parts Unknown, Kentucky, like Hillbilly Jim. This one, Parts <laughs> Unknown. And I remember hey, that was boy. Was Douglas good. in there breakdancing, Haven? Man, you know, I was pop locking it all. Got the Adidas <laughs> jockey suit out, ready to go. <laughs> very nice, very nice. <laughs> but hey, you can never go wrong with a little EPMD coming back off the break, man. <laughs> but, but fellas, uh, you know, we, we we started out chatting a little bit about the burning bush, speaking to uh, Oscar Sheboy, telling him to come back uh, to Kentucky, and congratulations to him on his apparent uh, lucrative, extremely, extremely lucrative uh, deal. Uh, but I tell you what, everything else pretty much since then has been horrible. For UK, <laughs> like I, I, don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know why this has happened. I don't know if because uh, uh, you know the, the two million dollar price tag on Oscar Sheebway is causing unrest within the UK program. But uh, everything's been pretty much terrible uh, since that happened. There were still questions about number one 2023 reclassified recruit Shade Sharp, who had been with UK um, this uh, since the. Uh, mid-semester break last year, the number one shooting guard in the class of 2023, a guy who 
was going to be considered to be an instant impact guy for UK. Of course, never played last year while he worked out and uh, you made use of the UK facilities because the expectation was Shade Sharp <laughs> was going to not be eligible for the NBA draft, and thus he would be suiting up for the Wildcats this coming season. Uh, well, the, the uh, NBA rumors came about that Shaden Sharp had indeed uh, completed uh, the required class load to be eligible uh, for the draft. He was already old enough for the draft. Um, and then when news of that happening came out, there was a lot of question marks on if Shaden Sharp was ever actually going to suit up uh, for the Wildcats. Well, uh, Shaden Sharp did decide to go ahead and enter his name into the NBA draft. Now, he did announce that uh, he was going to uh, maintain his college eligibility. But with the young man being uh, considered probably a top five to top seven pick in the upcoming NBA draft, I don't think there's a snowball chance in hell that he's coming back to school. Uh, is there? Do you all agree with that, or do you think Shaden could actually come back? I don't see it happening. The U.K. people are still trying to hold out hope that that may happen. He's not coming back. Um <clears throat> it's been one of the funnier, let me just sit back and laugh because at the moment, it, I'm not saying the 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 fires at UofL's program have been completely put out. We've still got a lot of work to do, but it's just nice, very, very nice to not be the school in the, in the headline for, for non-winning purposes, you know, and, and it's nice to not be the subject of, of, of jokes or, or conversation at, at the bar. Uh, when the when the news came out about Sharp, I happened to, I was actually in Lexington meeting up with a friend for lunch, and we could hear all the people around us talking. Guys, it was uncomfortable because I just sat there. You, you y'all know me, I talk a lot, but man, sometimes I know when to just people watch. And I told my buddy, I think we might hear the words you're not supposed to say out loud. I think one of these is <laughs> enough to say it. I think it's coming because it was all sorts of he used our facilities and total him and his whole team. They just played Cal and they did. And I'm sitting there like, man, I mean, seriously, y'all are really mad, really mad at the, kid, at the kid because he showed up on campus. It's not his fault. He moved up in the draft without playing. If you're an advisor, Rashawn, if your son, you know, reports to, 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 to a university after accepting scholarship, and I understand you're a competitive guy and you like to honor scholarships and all that, and you, you're probably a little more uh, dialed into center than I am. I don't know about you, Rashawn or Haven, but I'm telling my son if he gets to campus and we see his draft stock rise and he's never even put on the uniform, you're not playing this year. Why would you? No, I, I totally agree with that. And I think that UK has seen both sides of this. You saw Hamadou Diallo, uh, who came to UK straight out of high school, midseason. Um, but he was not considered to be an elite draft prospect. So Hamadou Diallo actually paid, played those last two and a half months with UK and actually improved his draft style well enough to where he ended up being a first-round pick. Um, and, and decided to go ahead and make that transition, or at least the early, he was either first round or early second round. But he was in the top 35 picks of the draft. Um, so he greatly improved his draft stock and showed the type of athleticism um, and, and explosiveness to where NBA teams saw that value in him. Hamid Diallo was another guy who came 
Shane Sharp was already the can the 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 I would say argued number one player in the 2023 class. He was already a guy who was considered to be a lottery pick as soon as he became eligible for the draft. So, I mean, the, the powers that be at UK had to know. If you didn't know Shaden Sharp, there was an opportunity for him to go pro, and they were selling their fan base or the coaching staff that they just knew Shaden Sharp was going to go. That's not on the kid. That's on the team. Because absolutely, Joe, if my, young, if my guy is already – a locked, you know, top 10 kid, and he's coming in midseason. He has not practiced at all, and now he's going to have to go out there and play against college competition midseason where everybody else is in midseason form. I don't see any positive in doing that. So I totally agree with you. I mean, if there's an opportunity, I'm going to have my child sit out and go ahead and cash his top 10 check. I'm not going to do that. Haven, am I wrong? Man, you're not wrong, but you know what? Cal should use this as another great recruiting tool. If I, if I was Kyle Perry, yeah. I, would, I would just change the narrative and be like, I'm so good at getting kids to the league. You can just come and just chill on the bench. I still get your <laughs> first-round pick. Like, 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 like yeah. who can say that? Like, you just come and chill. I, not man, play. I hate giving them credit. <laughs> I hate giving our rival credit. But right now, if you're, if you're UK, UK basketball, you've somehow got even more recruiting juice because if I'm Cal and I'm kind of surprised, and I think it may be just because the fans are, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say the fans have turned on him, but there is a significant portion of that fan base. Let me say this. There is also a significant portion of that fan base that will never be happy with anything short of a final four. I mean, I'm I'm not exaggerating when I say that they think a final four year in and year out is is their birthright. Um, And, and they get, they get upset. When, when they don't have that because I feel like in years past Cal would be milking this cow of, you know, I, my, my thing that I've always been honest and upfront about guys is that I coach in college and I never made the jump to the NBA because it's all about the kids. It's all about how do I give a, a young man generational wealth that will change his family. Y'all know that song and dance that, he, that he's played. Oh yeah. He plays it oh well. yeah. He plays it better than it. No, I mean that, that that's what Cal does. But you know what? When you haven't won a championship, shame on the uh, championship since 2012. University of Louisville is still the last team in the state to, to win a championship. Young man and you've had over here to countless to numbers of to watch you know elite players come through the program, and you have nothing to show for it. Whoa. There we go. Man, you know what? I, I, I'm going to have to go with Joe on this one. I, I think I really will, man, because th- th- this is one of those things that I, I think Cal is literally just going to have to just, I mean, to just sell it, man. Just like, just like, like put this in, in your quiver, man. Look, I, I know the UK fans are upset, and they're like, yeah, you know, we haven't won a championship in 2012, and we haven't gone to Final Four. We should go to Final Four every year. And, you know, but. If you want to recruit that next generation of player, man, I mean, this is like if I was Kyle, I'll just I'll just hype it up and be like, man, look, I'm so good. I'm getting dudes recruited in the first round. Of, I'm not recruited. I'm, I'm getting guys, you know, going to league potential first round picks. Didn't even play. Like that's how good I am. Like like that is my clout with NBA. It's so tight. I can get you drafted without even having to play. And if you play. As Rashawn said with Amadou Diallo, 
I can increase your draft stock. I mean, I, I get Willie Cauley Stein draft in the first round. What's up? Let's go. And I think that's what, uh, you know, Cal's going to have to do, man, to, to kind of to stem the tide and he gets some of these top recruits because, you know, like UK has lost a lot of top recruits. You know, Duke is getting them. You know, all these other schools are now, you know, plucking all the quote-unquote one-and-dones and things of that nature. And Cal's going to have to step his game up, and this may be a way for him to step his game up. Like, really step his game up. Because, you know, losing the first round of a tournament when you had a, a really, really good team, especially a team that, you know, pretty much destroyed um, half the Final Four by 30 points during the regular season, man. You know, you, you got to do something to kind of get the stink off. And, yeah, losing Sheeton isn't it, but I, I think you can kind of save that. Shwebe coming back helps a lot. But then you have Keon, you know, declaring for a transfer portal. Man, you, you got to find a way to kind of – to stop the bleeding for a little bit and, you know, and kind of change that narrative. And Cal's actually, I think, is going to have to kind of go back to, like, what he did when he was at Memphis and, well, some of the cheating, of course, but, you know, that's not cheating more. But anyway, go back to what he did at Memphis, kind of go what he did at UMass. He's going to have to get down there and, you know, probably coach a lot harder than I think that he's wanted to. I think Cal's kind of relied on just talent. And the fact that he can get all the talent in there. But, you know, Cal is, is still a great X-Nos coach. And I think that he's going to have to kind of go back to his old Cal days of X-No coaches, getting, uh, you know, players who are going to be here at least two to three years plus that he can kind of matriculate through the system and get some older guys in here and start making some deeper runs into the tournament. But it's going to be hard, man. We got Kenny Payne down the street stealing all the shine. So, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. Joe, what do you think? I, you know, I, I don't know at what point I was on in my rant about Cal and, and his recruiting pitch when uh, when when I got dropped out. But all I was, what I was trying to say is that Cal has an opportunity with what they what they did for Oscar to really really drive home the point that he truly is, and, and whether the fan base is in agreement with him, whether the the boosters are in agreement with it. At the end of the day, the boosters will pony up the cash to keep the players in Lexington. So he is still driving the premier player-first program in America. Oh, yeah, and I, I, I agree 100%. And that's what you have to run with. I mean, you have to run with, you know, with that. You know, because honestly, man, getting, getting Shwebe back, probably the best player on last year's team is just huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, and, and that's what I say is cool about the NIL is that a national player of the year that is not up for, for heavy consideration. You know, he's not high on a lot of draft boards, but he's coming out of a program that's known for putting kids in the league like Kentucky is. Uh, so the fact that he's able to come back to school for another year, that makes the college game better. The fact that uh, uh, Baycott down at North Carolina is coming back for a year before the NIL uh, took place. I don't think you see Oscar and Baycott come back for their senior seasons. I think they go out and they say, everybody's telling me I'm a second round pick. That means I've got to go to, I've got to go to all the the pre-draft workouts and earn my money. Now they can say, you know what? I got this NIL deal. I got, I got X amount coming in. My family's okay. I'm good. Uh, I really enjoy college and I'm not looking forward to giving this up. Because a lot of guys in the past, if you had taken out the equation, do does your family need money today? You know, what's the, what's the old commercial for settlements? It's your money. Get it now. 
if if you took that equation <laughs> out of it, I wonder how many guys would would honestly say the best time in my life and where fans aren't wrong is that there is something awesome about being a college player. But before the NIL, it really was tough if you weren't at certain programs. At least what the NIL did was it allowed guys at every program to have a little money in their pocket. Oh, no doubt. Like you Blitz, were always so. going to have the haves and have-nots. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like Bledsoe for UK. You know, like, he probably would have stayed if he, you know, if, mm-hmm. you know, he had an NIL deal, but he really, really, really needed an NBA check. A lot of these guys are young fathers. You know, I mean, the the old the old adage about buying mama house, sometimes it's buying your family, you know, your new family a house. Uh, it's it's not uncommon anymore, for, and it hasn't been for a very long time. But a lot of these young men, before they get to campus, they're fathers. While they're on campus, they become fathers. So being able to, knowing that I don't have to go flail around the NBA G League, getting bounced from Durham to Birmingham to wherever, you know? Basically, I'm on the TNA wrestling circuit now. Don't have to do that if you can get a paycheck and and hang out in school and and get to use the resources. And, yes, I know I make fun of the term student-athlete, but further your education. Get a little closer to that. So if you do decide... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I, I, I think, Joe, I think that's huge because let me tell you something. These NIL deals, these guys are making more than what the guys in the G League are making. You know, like yeah, you're not, not talking about the guys with two-way contracts, um, you know, because they're, they're usually in that 400000 to $800,000 range. But most of these NIL deals are worth more. Like your average G League guy is only getting paid about $35,000. So – you know, yep. if, if you're playing major college basketball, you're making more money uh, with these NIL deals at most of your Dukes, your Kentuckys, your Michigans, um, big programs like that. So now you have an incentive to go out there, you can get your degree, and you can, you know, train for the next level and be prepared for the pros. I, I think that just makes a better overall product. And like you said, it gives you that security to where if you're in a tough situation, if you, you know, uh, Oscar Sheepway's mom was living in poverty over in, in Africa. You know, yeah. now he's able with this NIL to bring her to the States and get her a house and her be established. How huge is that? It's major, man. And, and that is such a recruiting chip. That is such a huge – I think Oscar is, is going to be the poster child moving forward for why the NIL, no matter what you feel about it, at the end of the day, that's the trump card. At the end of the day, you've got to really be a rotten person, I think, to hear that story and then say, I still oppose the NIL. You know, and, and to everyone out there who does say college is better, you know, they love college because it means more to kids. They, they respect student-athletes, student-athletes, student-athletes. Well, okay, this furthers that. Because they're staying in school yep. longer, they're pursuing their education, they're actually getting the college experience, and you know what they're, you know what they are. It's just like Haven said: if you're a programmer at uh, in speed school, and you you make a hundred million dollar program, you're dropping out of school and selling that, and you're talking, and you're going to go be one of those people that other normal idiots go see. He didn't need college. Bill Gates dropped out. Son, you're not Bill Gates. 
you need college. <laughs> you you don't have the hundred million dollar program. I love you, but that's not you. You you know. Well, now these players are basically student athletes again. They're just paid interns, and that's their internship. I I love it, and I think that it makes for um, more sustainability. Um, you know, these guys don't have to rush it. They get to actually learn how to manage their money in real time instead of talking about theoretical money. Now you can talk about actual money. Uh, they have an opportunity to mature. I think it just makes for a better product on the court. I think it makes for more complete individuals off the court. And it, in turn, uh, makes the NBA a better product because now they get to have better, well-trained athletes ready to go in and impact the game immediately. Oh. And, you know, if you have the superstars like a Shade Sharp that are good enough to uh, leave early and are going to make that big money, those guys can go ahead and leave. But now there's not the pressure like for a Hamadou Diallo that I feel, you know, was in a tough situation uh, with his family. So he needed to go ahead and make that jump. And if he was going to be a second round, early second rounder, that's fine because at least he can get some money. Now Hamadou Diallo can stay in school and actually take care of his family while he actually prepares so he can become that lottery pick. Uh, after two or three years in college. And, and for me, for the NBA, the biggest thing is now you can get players that's played in college for two, three years to have a fan base around them. And now when you start drafting players, you're going to bring that fan base to them. Like how many, how many U of L fans are our Baltimore Ravens fans? They never care about Baltimore until yeah. Lamar got drafted. And, then, and you can probably go that from almost every other NFL team said once big time college player got drafted to them. Now you have a couple of nights. Yeah, I mean, college basketball has that too. Yeah. No, I mean, I, no, I think I, it's I, huge. So, I mean, I, it, it, NIL for me, fellas, it's, that's, it's all good. You know, I, I, think, I don't think there's any negatives about it. I mean, you, you know, people want to always say, well, money takes away from it. Only, you know what, you can sit there because you're making money. You're an adult that, that's like working a job. And you can talk about how money isn't important, but you talk to these kids where 80% of these kids come from very difficult situations. When you're talking about major college athletes in basketball and football, they're coming from tough situations to where if you can put some money in mama's pocket, um, you know, that's huge. So, you know, you can sit there and cut your pearls if you want to, but I don't have any issues with it. Not at all. Not at all. And I mean, like I just keep going back to it may not improve college football a whole lot, but it's it is certainly gonna gonna impact college basketball as far as quality of teams playing because you don't see those those teams anymore like you'll because of the because of the the rules and and everybody's trying to get to the league as quick as possible we're never gonna see another Tim Duncan versus Marcus Campy in college unless they're both freshmen. You know, like yep. like those sort of. We're never gonna see a. We're never gonna see a conference like when Allen Iverson, Ray Allen, Terry Kittles, that whole group was was playing in the Big East. We'll just never, we, unless it's a it's a blue moon class of eighteen year olds. You know, that come in as one and done. It's just you're never gonna see another year in college football prior to the NIL where you say, yeah, there are guys at all different levels of. of, of College eligibility, freshmen, sophomore, junior, seniors that are that are damn good ball players and 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 the key to, to March runs. No, that, that, that's humongous. And speaking of March runs, um, I don't know how much of that UK rant that, that was heard over the air uh, before uh, my, my phone line went dead. 
But the last part of that was the announcement that just yesterday, Keon Brooks, uh, the starter, uh, started all 33 games for the Cats last year, um, decided that he was going to go ahead and enter his name into the transfer portal, which was an eye-opener considering Keon Brooks had by far his best season this year at UK and was going to be a guaranteed starter coming back, um, decided to put his name into the transfer portal. So, you know, the exodus from UK continues, the slide uh, of Big Blue continues, and very interestingly enough, Sidney Curry, the big man at UFL, sent a message uh, to Keon Brooks saying, you know what? Come to the good guys. We'd love to have you over here at the University of Louisville. So it's just very, very interesting. Uh, just all of the, uh, you know, all of the moving and shaking. College basketball is starting to get some of that entertainment value that we were talking about in the NBA. It's starting to uh, trickle on down with, with, with all these new different things. You don't have a guy like Keon Brooks needing to jump to the NBA. Now the NIL is a possibility. You have a kid like that come onto the market. He's going to have an opportunity to make some money. I mean, you know, we, we talked about Nigel Pack's deal with Miami. Uh, we talked about uh, the NIL uh, that Kamari Lands is getting with University of Louisville. He just signed on with the University of Louisville, um, his commitment papers. Um, so, I mean, it, it's huge now. And now you have these sought-after juniors like Brooks in the, in the portal so you can get good players at good schools. It's a whole new day, fellas. I, I know that we are uh, – I've got about 30 minutes left in the show. We can go ahead and hit this last break. And when we come back, we can talk about uh, the news of the day for UFL Hoops. Uh, they have a new assistant. They have some new players. They have more and more excitement. Uh, we're seeing Sidney Curry dropping threes on Twitter videos. So we're going to talk about that as we got you for another 30 minutes here. Wake Up 502 with Rashad Myers, Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly. We'll be back on Big X Sports Radio. Pack a nine and my pants when it's time to roll. I'm the P double E M D E E. And one thing I hate is a white MC. When I enter the party, suckers always form a line. Then they ease the way up and try to bite my lines. I did thousands of shows, dish many faces, and deal with new jack. Welcome back. Welcome back. Man, that first hour and a half went so fast. We got so much more to talk about. Rashawn, we got that boy's good over there, Mr. Joe Kelly, cooking up marvelous stuff in his grill, I'm sure, today on this beautiful Saturday afternoon. What's man, on, we fellas? got so much happening, man. We, uh, Haven, we got... Uh, we're going to be going out to meet up with two local legends here in a little bit, man. Uh, sponsored by the Rajon Rondo Foundation. Uh, we got the two Cardinal uh, great quarterbacks, uh, Lamar Jackson and Teddy Bridgewater here on behalf of Norton Healthcare. They have a health fair going on today. Uh, we're going to have an opportunity to get down there and uh, see what they're about, man. So, you know, I, that's, we always talk about all the great things going on around Derby. This is just another example. And, when you can talk about luminaries like Rajon Rondo, Lamar Jackson, Teddy Bridgewater, 
we got to be involved. So, you know, but, hey, cannot wait. There's a, a wonderful, great stuff going on. But you know what, Sean, you, you were right. I, I know you stopped yourself because I was about to say two uh, Louisville Hall of Famers. And t- technically they haven't been Hall of Famers yet, but you already know it's coming. You, you already know it's coming. Oh, it's happening. It's happening at some point. You know, but I, I, I'm going to have some questions for both of them. I, I, I'm going to have, you know, I, I, I can't let them slide. They're going to be in town. And I know, you know, the, the, I feel like Lamar might be feeling some kind of way about Hollywood Brown. So I'm going to see if I can uh, get some comments from him. Maybe we end up on Sports Center tonight, Haven. So <laughs> we'll, we'll have to find out about that and see how Teddy's enjoying uh, heading, returning home to Miami with the Dolphins. So uh, cannot wait to get there. Uh, this afternoon, uh, of course, uh, uh, Jay has um, the, the, with the great assist in, in getting to uh, go out there and be a part of that. This is when we shine. Main Event Sports Show has been doing this for a long time, man. So, you know, I cannot wait uh, to be a part of, of that and everything else coming up. There's going to be so many things. Make sure you stay tuned uh, to MainEventSports101.com as well as WakeUp502.com for all the great things coming around. Anytime it gets around Derby time, that's when – uh, the main event shines, and now Wake Up 502 family as well. Um, this is when we do our thing, man. So just make sure you stay tuned to that. Um, but, you know, we, we did uh, kind of tease it uh, before the break, fellas, about all the great things happening with the University of Louisville. While UK is kind of going through their identity crisis and, uh, you know, their state of emergency, everything is sunshine and rainbows on the Louisville side. We had a successful courtship of Brandon Huntley Hatfield, the transfer from Tennessee. Uh, Auburn was the perceived favorite heading into the visit, but he did make it out of Auburn without committing, and that got Louisville people excited to say, you know what, if we can get Brandon on campus, we got a shot. And not only did we have a shot, but by the time Brandon Huntley Hatfield left the University of Louisville, there was no doubt that he was going to don the red and black. Um, He did go ahead make his commitment known to the University of Louisville, sending shockwaves through the college basketball community, the former five-star big man, 6'10", 245 pounds of just raw athlete, um, heading to Louisville's campus, teaming up with uh, Sidney Curry, Roosevelt Willard, Jalen Withers, and J.J. Trainers as, a, as other big, tall, long-arm athletic dudes. Uh, on that team. So Louisville got that amazing, amazing announcement. They had the announcement that we talked about earlier, Kamari Lands officially uh, signing on with the University of Louisville, signing his uh, financial aid paperwork to officially become a Cardinal. And now um, the news comes out yesterday, uh, yesterday that former LSU commitment Devin Ree, uh, the 6'8 sharpshooter, um, uh, is expected to commit to the University of Louisville today at 3 p.m. Um, so that announcement's going to come down. Ree is heavily favored to come to the University of Louisville, and uh, it sounds like Kenny Payne is going to have him another tall, long, athletic body. I'll tell you what, fellas, uh, with the news that also the seven foot five uh, big man from Western Kentucky, Jamarion Sharp, has just entered the portal, and that Louisville's going to be a player for him as well. I think Louisville may have the tallest team in the history of college basketball next year. Like, Joe, can we play with that many big, tall, long dudes? Absolutely. Yeah, and you uh, you teased it going into break, but we got the video of, of Sidney Curry shooting threes. Uh, look, man, that, I think we've all been doing this game long enough to say, 
it's cool, man. You're on scholarship. I don't care what you're doing on an, in an empty gym. I've seen enough shoot-arounds. Uh, <laughs> nice. Hope he adds that element for to show off to the NBA at the uh, the, the combines and at the camps. I, I, I would like Mr. Carter to stay on the block. I love that we got size, man. That's you know for years that's what we complained about was that we had no depth at the at the up front, and that's what killed us against well our rival and some ACC teams. I don't think you can have too many bigs when you play in the ACC, especially not with Mister Baycott coming back. No, I agree with you. I mean, I, I it's going to be interesting because I mean we've seen some video. We've seen the video of Sidney Curry showing his range, which kind of reminds me of the uh, Montrez Harrell junior year where Montrez came out <laughs> trying to shoot threes at the beginning of the year. And then, hey, you, you know, remember, once you he shot he an air ball, ball, Rick Pitino's like, yeah, don't do that again. <laughs> do you remember he he hit the first three against Minnesota against Richard at Pitino in that, that season opener? And I remember yes. USL Twitter just erupting with, Oh my God! Trez has an outside shot now. Uh, no, not so fast. No. <laughs> but yeah. for but as for soon as he shot his first air ball, ball. Mm-hmm. it was yeah, a wrap. No, no, that, that that yeah, that that wasn't going to continue. <laughs> but yes, and I would be, I would that, be amazed that, if, that if Sydney Trez gets Malik syndrome. I would be absolutely yeah, amazed I, if Kenny Payne allows. Sydney to do that. Oh no, no. Well, I mean, b- both both Sydney Curry and Brandon Huntley Hatfield both um, seem to be guys. Big, you know, big guys always want to be guards, and guards always want to, you know, go down and be able to play at that down low, attacking the basket. But I, I don't think, uh, you know, I, I don't think we'll see those big guys making a living out there. Sydney Curry is way too efficient on the block <laughs> to, to become. A jump shooter, like like I, I just I don't see it happening. I, I'd much rather see him hit. Be excited about seeing him watch him hit ten straight free throws. Like work on your free throw game. He was about a fifty percent free throw shooter last year. So now now the one guy I will give a caveat to though, fellas, is JJ Trainer. I feel like JJ Trainer. I watched some video of him that his mom posted about some workouts he's been doing with Deion Lee, one of the best tra- trainers in the business, Louisville's own Deion Lee and the Legends Training uh, uh, Center. Um, I feel like J.J. can make that transition to the three. Um, you know, he didn't really get to do much of anything this past year um, with Louisville because uh, apparently Coach McGee and Coach Mike hate J.J. Trainer. <laughs> but I-, I really and truly feel watching J.J., his jumper is so smooth. His ball handling looks good. His pull-up game looks nice. I think that he can actually make that transition and be a factor on the wing. Joe, did, like, did you think that's a possibility, or, or am I being crazy? You know what? I'm going to defer to you on this one, Rashawn. I mean, I follow I follow football far more closely, you know. And as far as J.J. Mm-hmm. goes, I didn't watch enough of his high school tape, and he doesn't have any Louisville tape. I don't know what he's capable of doing. You could honestly tell yeah. me that he could be a he could be a stretch four unicorn, and I'd be like, "Dang, man, that sounds pretty nice." Uh, or you could <laughs> tell me he's your, your classic postman. He plays back to the basket. He, he'll have all of our dads excited talking about that's how you play the game, and I'd be like, "Okay, 
that also scores buckets. <laughs> I, he is a he is a gigantic question mark for me, and I know I should know yeah. more about him, but I simply don't because I have been burnt over the years. And one of the things that I talk about on this is, is know when to eject from your sports fandom. And I learned years yeah. ago that I have to eject over recruiting. Recruiting is for everyone else. It's not for me. I don't even care if they sign their letter of intent until I've seen a photo of them standing in line at Mitzi's on campus or whatever's down there now. You know, I'm, I just dated myself with that reference. But <laughs> until they walk past the – until I see books in hand. Over at Gray's Bookstore. The if they're, if they're not in Gray's Bookstore. Gray's doesn't exist anymore exactly. either, Rashawn. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Gray's in there either? Nope. No, Grace and is gone, man. You know, you know, Grace had to implement the Joe Kelly policy because I had a habit of coming in there, buying a book, staying up all night, pulling an all-nighter, cramming for it, and then returning the book the next day for a full refund. Man, I bought the same book <laughs> six times one semester, and the manager hated me. Wow. Next semester, tried to do it. Hey. Nah, Joe. Smart man. New policy, and he tapped the sign. <laughs> But no, I, I really do. I think that I think that JJ Trainer has, with his skill set, I've watched him work uh, endlessly. Boo Brewer, uh, of course, his uh, his uh, coach um, there, uh, uh, you know, talks in such glowing terms uh, from Barstown uh, High School uh, of JJ. But JJ's put in the work. Um, I really and truly do think that he has an opportunity to move out to the wing. It's very interesting to watch how Kenny Payne is putting this team together. Um, and, and I feel that especially with the number of bigs, especially hearing that Louisville actually has interest in Jamarion Sharp. Like, I have to see if that comes to fruition. Because if Jamarion Sharp is coming, when you already have Withers and you already have Brandon Huntley-Hatfield and you already have Sidney Curry and you already have Roosevelt Wheeler, some of those guys are going to have to move to the wing to be able to, to accommodate that many players. Um, so it's going to be very interesting if Louisville actually gets involved with Jamarion Sharp. I would say I would doubt it. Like, I just don't see. I mean, it'd be nice to to have the nation's number one shot blocker on your team. Like, that would be awesome. I mean, Jamarion can play, but I just simply don't know how they have the space. If he came to Louisville, I would highly expect – well, I I tell you what, I don't know. I mean, it's April 30th. Every player that's going to enter the transfer portal has to be in by May 1st. So – I, I just I don't see it happening because I feel like that would put Roosevelt Wheeler basically you're not going to play and you just decided to come back after being on the fence. Um, so we'll we'll have to see, but I think that Louisville's definitely going to still have to add some guys. Tyrese Hunter um, is a name. They need some guys that can dribble the ball. I mean, they have L. Ellis right now, but L. Ellis is pretty much the only pure ball handling guard that Louisville has on the roster right now. Devin Reed, Kamari Lance, Mike James. Those guys are more scoring wings. They aren't really ball-handling guards. Um, Louisville definitely needs to add at least two guards. Uh, Tyrese Hunter would be an absolute home run if they can get the transfer from Iowa State, the Big 12 freshman of the year. If they can get Tyrese Hunter, um, who Louisville did make his final six, uh, it's thought that Kansas is the leader for Hunter. If Hunter makes the decision to come to Louisville, that would be humongous. I don't know when his decision is going to come. I know that Louisville uh, had the opportunity to do a visit with him um, on Thursday. Uh, so we are waiting on that. 
but Louisville's going to have to add some ball handlers. I don't think LL is – they can't go into the season with, you know, seven, six, eight guys, seven or eight, six, seven, six, seven, six, eight or taller guys at LL. I don't think that's going to be a recipe for success. But it's just very interesting to see how things are going in this transfer portal. Um, Elijah Hughes is a name to watch. Um, a young man who right now is in the class of 2023. He's considered uh, the best prospect to come out of Canada since Andrew Wiggins. Um, he's considering strongly a reclassification. And if he does reclassify, Louisville is a team uh, that is in on Elijah uh, and could definitely be up for his services. Um, so there's not a lot of – Kenny Payne is very good at keeping secrets. I don't know if you all know this about him, uh, but um, – that there's not a lot of information out there about who Louisville's recruiting, who they've offered, who they're looking to bring in. Um, but I, I would say keep an eye out on that. And, of course, to that end, uh, the other announcement, which was made on Wednesday, um, was that uh, Josh Richardson, uh, Oregon's longtime basketball operations guy, he was the, opera, the director of operations uh, for the Oregon Ducks program for the last 15 years. I personally had never heard of a director of ops staying in that role for that long. Uh, but the longer I thought about it, and especially considering that Oregon is pretty much the flagship school for Nike, makes a lot of sense. Um, Josh is a guy who um, has a, uh, a, a Ivy League uh, degree. He's a guy who is very business savvy. He's basically been running the Oregon basketball program uh, in terms of scheduling, in terms of organization, in terms of all of the um, clerical and, and schedule-based type things in terms of running a, a program. And with Kenny Payne already having a, an elite recruiter in himself as well as Nolan Smith, with having a head coach, a former head coach in Danny Manning to be able to give that experience and to help him in that end, it makes sense to have that third guy be somebody who's basically um, the organizer, the guy who's going to be able to get you together from an organizational standpoint and do all the things that may not be thought of. I, I really feel like Kenny Payne made the right move with bringing in Josh, um, and I think that it's going to um, pay big dividends. I, I think that Louisville made a very interesting move. The funniest thing about it was literally nobody knew who was going to be the third coach. We thought it was, you know, we heard Milt Wagner forever. Uh, we thought that there was an opportunity that the other actual assistant coach for Oregon, Mike Meninga, may be the choice. Um, you know, we, we heard Joel Justice from Arizona State. Josh Richardson, literally, I didn't hear anything about him outside of Mike Rutherford talking about him as kind of a passing consideration uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, but I, I, I tell you what, fellas, I know it's weird to say, I love the fact that we don't hear anything about what the basketball program is doing when we've been pretty much a sieve hearing every little thing that happens coming out of there. The fact that KP has such a tight handle on everything that's going on inside his program, that makes me feel good. Like, like, like am I wrong on that? Or, or do, would you like to have more leaks and more, uh, you know, whispers coming out of the program? Good God, no, man. I finally, you know, I'm a stubborn man. I am a stubborn man, and this, this, this life has taught me that, that for some reason I just have to touch the stovetop and find out that it's hot. I can't take anybody's word for it. 
fellas, I am finally starting to appreciate that old adage. No news is good news. And it, it, it is just so glorious. Knock on wood. Let me do that real quick. Not hearing anything other than, hey, we picked up a five-star transfer. Uh, sassy Sats killing it and recruiting over in football, too. And I'm like, nice. Just keep the good, keep the, keep the positive coming. This is like sunshine. It is like sunshine, you know, and I personally like the fact that he keeps everything close to the vest, that a lot of things don't leak out because, you know, that way it gives like a good surprise. You know, it's, it's in this day and age of the Internet and people, you know, always you know have an idea of what's coming up next and kind of leaking everything. You know, you lose the art of, of the surprise or the truly, you know, wow, I didn't see that coming. Oh, that's so cool. And you can talk about it forever. Like with Danny Manning, like nobody saw that coming. And you know when it hit, it was well, it, it, it was like a big surprise. That most of the fan base had no idea, had no clue that Danny Manning was coming, and that just makes it just so much more interesting. You know when you just don't know what's coming, it's a surprise, and these have all been good surprises, thank goodness. So you know it just it just adds more to the air and the mystery that is Kenny Payne and the pain train is coming through Floyd. Yeah, I, I, it was funny because Josh Richardson said, you know, he was just happy that, that Kenny allowed him to tell his mom. <laughs> he said, at least my, I got to tell my mom. But outside of that, I wasn't able to – I wasn't allowed to tell anybody. But, yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, I, get tired, I got so tired of hearing Matt Jones reporting L news before anybody <laughs> who was involved with Louisville or covering Louisville did it. That mess got tired to me. You know, like, I don't want yep. Matt Jones giving me all my University of Louisville news. Or or seeing him. I mean, I, any t- I, think the, I think the even worse part than that, man, that's the local just, ugh, that guy got us again. But when he became an actual comic book supervillain to me was when ESPN had him on to, nationally to speak about the Katina Powell stuff. And I was just like, man... This would be like asking Mike Rutherford to come on and talk about Kentucky got caught giving somebody money. Like, why? Why, why are they? Are y'all messing with me now? Y'all seriously? This, this is this is this is this is flagrant. It's egregious. That's ridiculous. But it's absolutely ridiculous. Go like on in, man. Uh, so true. Fans yeah, yeah. It, myself included, but he had his sauces. I mean, you know, I I, I get I love it. Kenny Payne, you know, I was I will say it. I was very critical um, of Kenny Payne. I, I was I wanted to see proof of what he could do. Um, and this Brandon Huntley Hatfield commitment was the first. You know, I said bring food to my table. I keep hearing all this hype, but you really haven't done anything. He started with Danny Manning. That was a huge home run hire. He backed that up by getting Brandon Huntley Hatfield to join the Cardinals, which was a huge surprise. Um, I feel like he's done everything right. Like, I can't – I'm not upset at all with anything that Kenny Payne's done. I think he's done the best job that he could possibly have done. The fact that he's able to keep everything on lockdown is just an additional added layer to that. Um, so, you know, I, I, I am very happy uh, with everything that he's done to date um, and I look forward to see the, what's happening next. I know that we'll expect to get that commitment from Devin Reed later on today. Um, so and then at that point, it turns to getting some uh, guard help uh, with Louisville. So I, I think that will be interesting. Fellas, I know we only got about 
uh, four minutes left. I do want to ask you, um, of course, the Utah Jazz went down uh, in a heap, losing to the, the Dallas Mavericks, uh, you know, in game six at home after just another less than inspiring playoff run for Donovan Mitchell and crew. I just want to ask you all, like, does Donovan need to go or do they need to just blow it up, get rid of Rudy Gobert, and start over again, or are they good? Like, I feel as if something has to happen, but I can't watch Mike Conley and, 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 and Rudy Gobert just trip over themselves another year. Like, something has to happen in Utah. Am I wrong? It's time for Donovan to seek greener pastures someplace else to go to organization that's actually going to either, one, is kind of complete already and it needs a missing piece to take them to the next level, or somebody's actually going to build a team around them. Have, you think Utah would be willing to trade Donovan, uh, Joe? I think they have to. We talked about this last week, man. They're going to have to. You, you, it's, it's trade him or let him walk. And I think everybody in the NBA saw what it did to the Orlando Magic when Shaquille O'Neal walked. And they knew. Shaq told Orlando, I will not. I'm, I'm not coming back. I'm going to L.A. Orlando could have traded him. And their franchise could have been on a completely different traje- trajectory. Uh, Rudy Gobert, that's somebody else's problem. I don't know how you trade him. Mike Conley, you just gotta gotta wait for that contract to expire because nobody's taking that one on either. Maybe you can you can get a team to agree to a buyout, you know, that that wants a veteran point guard mid season like we saw with Goran Dragic this year. Just like I was banging the war drum that I wanted, I wanted Hamilton out of Notre Dame to Baltimore. My buddy has started his war drum war drum up in Chicago. Put a nice little package together, Zach Levine for Donovan. Maybe toss in a conditional pick. Mm. I don't know. Make it happen. That'd be nice. And and if if, if our man Donnie Buckets somehow ended up in this in, in Chicago market, uh, I am volunteering to cover Chicago Bulls games for main event sports on a semi basis. <laughs> I'd be up there at least once a month. That's my nice of you. I love it. I, or, or even, yeah, right? Or even Donovan going back to New York. I mean, New York has been trying to get a superstar. Don't tease me he's, like he's that. from New York City. Fan, we don't get nice things. We don't get nice things, yeah. Sean. Everybody True. talked about how we True. were going to get Zion that year. And I said, no, we're going to get the non-athletic Zion at free agency, Julius Randle. What did we get? We got Julius <laughs> Randle. I said, we'll get the guy from Duke, but the one that came from Canada. What did we get? We got Drake. Uh, it's like, man, we don't get we don't get anything nice. We've been cursed <laughs> since Amari Stoudemire broke the fire extinguisher glass with his hand. Uh, you know what? <laughs> That's funny. No, you. Hey, hey. True, true words have never been spoken. But here, at Hope Springs Eternal, fellas. Hey, we can all hope. We can all hope. Hey, I'd like to thank everybody for listening hey. to Wake Up 502 this Saturday. For Sean. Hey, we out, y'all. Appreciate you guys, man. Thank you so much for holding it down. Thank you, Douglas, for holding me down in the studio playing the tunes today, man. Hey, don't forget to bomb atomically out there, folks. Have a great derby. Don't forget to go to Dirt Parade <laughs> tomorrow. Peace. And the street car named Desire. Who got my back in the line of fire holding back? What? My people's if you with me with them.